Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Thank you. Next! <laughs> okay. First things first, your exes should be blocked. You know, acknowledging the good things and moving on. We're not about bad vibes here. Are you relationship experts? No. No. <laughs> My pants were wet. <laughs> it ain't even about BDE anymore. It's about thank you next energy, yeah? Sad Girl Autumn is unfortunately continuing. Chris Brown is in London. Uh, we haven't got any WizKid tickets. And yesterday I went to dinner and me and my friend were sitting there talking about what is the meaning of life and are we going to die alone? And I was like, this is what we clearly are talking about. Heading into our 30s. Great content. Welcome back to Thank You Next. This is a podcast about turning your L's into wins. I'm Hardy, and yep, I'm feeling sad. I am PMSing and I don't like the way it takes over my body every month. Shit, you might need to see a period coach, man. Uh, yeah, maybe. maybe. I'm Raj, and me and my friends like to drive around expensive parts of London and look at properties we'd like to own while spotting celebrity homes. Sometimes we stalk celebrities. Is that normal? No. The, the time you told me you went and you were on a road and you were like near someone's house, I was like, is that legal? <laughs> it's not me. It's my friend. It's not me. It's not. I was like, this isn't normal, but like my friend who remains unnamed really wanted to find out where this person was living never mind on this podcast we do not stalk celebrities we reflect on our relationship elves and we try to figure out if there was a lesson hidden somewhere in that most of the time there is a lesson and that's what we're looking for here and uh, we don't just talk about romantic relationships mainly because we're both single and not dating uh, my friend says i need to date raj what do you think well, we could try. We can try. Uh, we also talk about those other varied relationships which give us the spice of life. Spicy. Our friends, family, colleagues, neighbours, exes, acquaintances, etc, etc. Story time. Are you ready? Yeah, go on. If you were watching X Factor in 2017, which you must have been, because quite frankly, what else was there going on in 2017? You might remember. I don't remember. I think I was tweeting along for ITV. I'm like, I think that was the year that I was about. So there was a contestant called Grace Davies on the show, and she auditioned with an original song called Roots, which takes a lot of balls in front of the judges, who at the time were Simon Cowell, obviously, Sharon Osbourne. What are you saying? If you were going to audition with a song, what song would you sing? <sighs> Got a vibe. Baby, are you coming for the ride? Yeah, maybe I'll do like an opera rendition of like, got mm. a vibe. It's the thing of like, when you audition, if you use someone else's song, you're naturally going to get compared to that person. So you have to be really smart and be like, I have to pick a shit singer, a shit vocalist. Ooh. Catchy song, but shit vocalist. Wow. Okay, Raj. Rude. Oh, what I hate is when they used to sing pop songs because it's like, well, I'm not getting much vocal here. I'm not getting much vocal range. I liked it when they used to do like a cover. So it was like a pop song, but it was like their take on it and they'd like slow it down a bit and it'd be a bit like, ooh, what's that? What is that? Yeah. But if they went and did like smooth like butter, like, <laughs> I nah, need nah. more. I need to... but, if it, but if it was smooth 
butter. And you'd be like, oh, oh. spread it on me, bitch. <laughs> oh, okay. Anyway, so the other judges were Nicole Scherzinger. I remember her. What did she used to always say on X Factor? Shamazing. Oh, I think you're that right, was, yeah. Yeah, Louis Walsh, everyone's favorite grandpa. Is he a grandpa? I don't know. Probably. Anyway. So Grace made it to the final and became a runner-up. So Grace got signed to Psycho and she got a deal to release an album. She didn't know when that album would come out. And fast forward to 2020 and her first official single, Invisible, comes out in January. But then the world goes into a panini and Grace's career plans go a bit left. Then she releases her first EP in June. Psycho shut down and Grace was left in a position where her future career was very uncertain. Uh uh-uh. So then Grace decides to go independent, releases the original track she performed at her X Factor audition back in 2017, which was called Roots. She drops that video this October, four years later. Roots gets into the UK charts, hits number four in the charts. So she comes full circle in a way. Mate, I love that journey because... I feel this is something I'm struggling with at the minute, knowing that things don't always go in a straight fucking line or how you thought it would go. And sometimes it goes a different way. And sometimes that other way is way better than the original way that you thought of anyway. Definitely. Like you can't always see through that shit storm though, innit? That's the thing. Like we need goggles, shit protector goggles. I don't know. But Grace is joining us as you might have guessed already, which is why we're telling you this story today to share her story that technically that was like a work L, wasn't it? Yeah, and we love work Ls. We love them. Share her relationship lessons and spill some psycho tea. Mate, I want to know so much about Simon Cowell. I want to know everything about him, but weird. Obviously, she's not going to tell us this stuff. I'm not going to ask her this stuff. But I mean, just like, you know, the weird shit that he gets. I really, what does he eat? Where's he go? Where's he live? What's he do? What kind of feedback does he actually give to people? Like, because I know on X Factor, it was very like, it wasn't detailed, was it? It was a bit like, meh. I feel like he knows what he wants. Mm. I think everything to him is like a money make. It, it is like a money making machine, isn't it? It's like, hmm. Mm. Thanks, but uh, next. If you want to, which I think you should, email us at podcast at gmail.com and tell us all about your relationship lessons and things that have made you want to say thank you next. And you can follow us on socials for funny videos, polls, giveaways and saucy pics. We are at thank you next pod. We are. Bare entertainment. So much entertainment. I can't believe it's free. We want to shout out Chanel and we want to shout out Ambassador Robin Rihanna Fenty. Sorry, what is this about? So Barbados have outed the queen. They've booted her. They've said, see you later. Oh, yeah. yeah. And um, Rihanna has become an ambassador, honey. What does that mean? I don't know. What's her role? I don't know. I don't know. I just thought it sounded really cool. And I was just like, going to give her a shout out on the podcast. All right. Shout out, Rihanna. We love you. Although, yeah, I the other day, someone was talking about like a shake. And I was like, isn't Rihanna dating a shake? And then they were like, Not she's anymore. with ASAP yeah, Rocky. Yeah, she's been with like, ASAP for mm. ages. I know. I was like, how did I forget? She was dating that shake guy for a while, though. Pained him. Oh, he was all right, I know. He was all, he was. Decent still. <laughs> He's like, still. You're decent still. You're decent still. <laughs> Who the fuck am I? Why am I talking like this? But um, shit that went down this week. So I want to talk to you about this. Virgil Abloh hmm. passed away earlier this week, tragically battling cancer. Very, very sad. Was an icon, left a great legacy, made a lot of people feel seen, made a lot of people feel like, you know, things that they wanted to achieve could be achieved. And was breaking barriers. But like I was just reading a lot of people's posts who knew him and stuff. And like just the things they were writing about him. No, obviously no one had a bad word to say about him. But that's not the thing. It's like that he was just a beacon of positivity. And he was always about bringing other people in. And like pushing doors open. But then like 
bringing someone in and making it easier for them and just all good stuff. And just he sounded like he was just such a positive energy to be around. And I was just in the car. I was with my mates at this point looking at expensive houses, right? And I was on the right. <laughs> I was on the phone and I was like, oh my God, when I die, what are you guys going to remember me for? What will you say about me? What will my legacy be? And the first thing that came to my mind is obviously all the negative stuff that people have said about me. And I was just like, yeah, you know, people are going to say I'm aggressive. <laughs> people are going to say I'm outspoken, loud, duh, this, that and the other. And like my friends were like, no, this one person or that one person is going to say that. Like, shut up. And I was like, no, but it was like the, immediately the first thing that came to my mind. But I was just like, then I thought, what am I even doing? Why am I thinking like this? But it's like. Do you ever think about that? What people will say about you? Or what is what your legacy will be? Like, what will people remember when you're gone? It's so interesting we're having this conversation because I was reading that Sapiens book. Sapiens? Yeah. What's that? It's a book. It says Sapiens in like red writing. It's You would have seen it around. Mm. It basically talks about like the history of humans and stuff. And like, mm -hmm. it just basically makes me think how insignificant we are and how we're just literally just here mm. on earth. I don't know. I don't think I ever worry too much about what it will be. I just know that the people who I love and care about, hopefully they had a good time with me at least. But then the thing about putting people on, like that's fucking amazing. Like someone who can put some one else on and give opportunities and stuff that's great i would want to know that i've helped people i guess <laughs> I, don't know if I have i'm not saying i'm an nhs worker type of help because i definitely haven't done that i'm guessing you thought about it i thought about it but it just immediately i just thought of negative stuff about myself i couldn't like really when i have done things that put people on i don't even know if they've they've realized that i've done that do you know what i mean and i'm not doing it right. to be like oh i want to die and then i want you to say this about me <laughs> But, yeah, but um, if they were like a grateful person, they would have realised. Oh, who knows? But it's just, I don't know. It was just sad. that I think the first thing that came to my mind was just bad things I've heard about myself from other people's mouths. Mm. Mm. Raj, I'm sure your friends would not say what you've said. Time will tell. If you're my friend and you're listening. <laughs> you're a twat. Tell, tell us. What's Raj's legacy? Email us. What is Raj's legacy? Do you reckon there's like a legacy, um, you just put it in, legacy generator and Google, you tell you, just like makes up, tells you what your legacy will be. No, I want, I want it to be personal. I want to know. I want to know. That was my little bit of morbid chat there. Okay. So I posted a video when I was at the JLS concert. Did I tell you that there was no brown people there? Like, oh, there was two mixed race girls. So I could see it. Yeah, yeah, you spoke about it on the pod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I made a video about being the only brown person in the room, which is something that happens to us all the time. Like All the time. That's our entire existence, you know? Mm -hmm. Anyway, someone with a Sims profile picture, no followers, no nothing, commented saying, that's such a weird perspective. It's <laughs> so weird. And I was just like, um, no, it's not. That's literally the reality of any person who's not white in the UK and other people all around the world that do the same thing. Anyway, I was in a mood yesterday. So I responded, which I never do. Mm. And I was like, they were like belittling my experience, basically. And they were like, what's your race got to do with being at a concert? Just sit there and enjoy the show. And I'm just like, uh, my colour colours every experience. But in my head, I was like, Hardeep, you don't need to explain. I didn't respond after that. But I was like, it's not my job to educate them. If they have no empathy or understanding, that is their problem. And if they can't even imagine what that would be like, how can I? Yeah, okay, I'm enjoying JLS. But I'm enjoying JLS as a brown woman in a room where everyone is white and they're black. They're, I'm thinking about these things. Oh, of course I am. When I'm in places like that, 
it's something I noticed, but it's like you subconsciously notice. But then once you consciously notice, then you're a bit like, oh, whoa, what's going on here? Mm. You know, and it's something that I've started to notice more and more as the years have gone on and like things are progressing or whatever. And I'm in bigger rooms, let's say. It is a problem. It's a mm. fucking problem. That's what it is. I just think, yeah, whatever, like little TikTok Sims person, like say it with your chest, say it with your full name and your fucking real picture. I did think that. Do you know what I mean? I also thought this content clearly ain't for you. If you can't relate you can't relate so don't you comment and it's like I wasn't talking to you <laughs> I wasn't but this is this is where it's just like you know I think some people have too much time on their hands mm. and it's like if something isn't for them like if so, if a video isn't for me on my TikTok homepage yeah I'm gonna flick past it I'm not gonna mm. be like oh let me jump in the comments right now yeah let me just say that's not my experience because <laughs> I'm not gonna fucking change anything like what do you like they're not and they're not going with intent to change something they're just going with intent to piss you off yeah, I didn't respond after that. And I know I shouldn't have responded in the first place, but I was already feeling shit. And that's probably, I should have known not to respond then. I wasn't even trying to make, say, say anything or make a point, you know, maybe brown people don't listen to JLS. That's fine. You know what? That's great. If they don't, like, I'll just be like, wow, we got taste. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, calling me Collective tasteless. Taste. Whoa, calling me tasteless. <laughs> Damn. The doctor's just finished telling me I've got no taste. <laughs> Anyway, so I've been arguing with people on TikTok. You've been arguing with people in real life. This dude the other day literally came to my house, started an argument with me. Okay, not just any dude. We don't want to be specific about who he is, but you know I have builders okay, at my yeah. house. Yeah, no, but this sounds like just anyone came to your house and just started fighting with you. Work is going on at my house, yep. so there are people in and out of my house all the time. One of these people is a dude. Hmm. And... He was in my house, like started a fight with me, whatever. I thought he was saying something that didn't make sense. So I asked him a question, asked him to confirm what he was saying and he confirmed it. So I was like, that's not acceptable for me. Sorry, mate, Like, if, if that's acceptable for everyone else, but that's not acceptable for me because I'm spending money. And if what I'm spending money on doesn't fit in this room, then what am I going to do with it? Like, tell me to order stuff when you have all the information, yeah? Because you have to order things for the builders and whatever, right? So anyway, this escalated into an argument because my boy took it like just to another level, thought I was saying something. I don't really know what the hell happened. Um, afterwards, we got on a phone call after this all happened. And he's like, you're just like my wife you are. You're all the same. All women are the same. Just like this. Da -da -da -da. My wife always says stuff like that to me as well. And then he goes, this is why men go gay. Wait, hold on. So men go gay because women, what? I think he was trying to say that I misconstrued what he said. So you misconstruing what he said and women doing that for for the, the whole of time. <laughs> yeah, women misconstruing men is why men go gay. Sounds legit. So I said, listen, mate, that is not the reason why men are gay. And I think there's a lot more to it than that. And then I just asked him the question. I was like, do you know any gay men? And guess what the answer was? No. He doesn't know. It's 2021. Mm. He doesn't know any gay men. I don't know. Would you, if you ask your dad if he knew any gay men? Like, my, none of my, I don't think any of my dad's mates are gay, but obviously he would have known. I don't know if any of his mates are gay. His mates' sons are gay, definitely. Yeah, we have the younger generation that have come out. My mates are gay. He's met some of my mates. So I'm just kind of like... I don't think my brother has any gay mates. It's just he must know a gay person. <laughs> Lol me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah. There you oh, go. Family. You... Yeah, but that doesn't count. No, he said he doesn't know any gay men. And I was like, But yet he knows why they're gay. 
he doesn't know any gay men, but he knows what he knows that women misconstrue, and then that's what they go gay. Honestly, Hardy, the things that were going through my head, and I was just like, how? What sort of a sheltered life are you living? What's going on? It's not like there aren't gay men in our area. Are you okay? This is enough entertainment for the week. You know, I said all was sad. This has brightened me right up. You should have just rang me, man. He sounds like such a dad, but he's not, is he? Is he a dad? He's going to be a dad. Oh, congrats. <laughs> <laughs> I love people making massive... How can you make such a sweeping oh statement? God. This is why... Dot, dot, dot. Let's take out everything. Sexual preference, everything. Attraction, everything. Just like It's just because women are difficult, so that's why men are gay. That's why men are gay. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> cool. And I, you know what? I feel like I'm having these sort of conversations with with him regularly where I'm like you know you can't say that I feel like he's a lost cause though man what's worse is he's younger than me and I think he might be younger than you what yeah I'm like he's the way you talk about him I think he's like older than no. you no he like mate I'm so much older than him but like uh yeah I'm uh, anyway that's okay he's lived a shouted life we need to send him this podcast episode no I don't want him to listen to our podcast fucking hell <laughs> next Listen, I really need to talk to you about love bites. Go on. What is the point of a love bite? I feel like it's to show someone their own. <laughs> <laughs> like, I own this. It's like a mark. It actually is. We spoke in the episode about Adele and that like controlling relationships. And I know someone who used to, to purposely, I think, as well as staying on the phone late, I think they left the odd love bite. So, like, you can't do anything if this is on you. Yeah, because Pete Davidson has got a love bite on his neck and he's walking around holding hands with Kim Kardashian. It's a bit of like a trophy, though, if you're walking with Kim Kardashian and a love bite. It's like, yeah. But why would you do that? Why would you sit there and suck on someone's neck, bite on their neck to bruise them? And also at your big age, Kim, what are you doing, bro? Like, what's I don't. What's going on? Neck is like number probably. You know what do they call it? Erogenous uh, region. Erogenous yeah. zone. Mate. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind one. Sorry, you didn't answer the question about whether you've given or received many love bites. I have. It was a very confusing procedure. Yeah, it is a bit weird. It's a bit like techie. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, am I doing this right? What am I? Is it working? <laughs> How do you get this effect? Like, you know. Yeah, it is weird, isn't it? It's a weird thing to do. And then it's weird because then afterwards you've got to wear a polar neck for fucking five days or whatever. Yeah. I remember someone in the office. <laughs> oh, no. I've just seen the name. Massive. Massive. And on that day, he wore like a little necklace and he thought, boys are so dumb. He was like, oh, this is going to cover it. And obviously... I outed him. I was like, oh my God. What is that? But why was it so big? Like what? who gave it to him? It was huge. How big was that mouth? You know what, actually? I was reflecting because I, me and the guy, we we're acquaintances, but we were once friends. Mm -hmm. And I was feeling quite sad about it recently. It keeps coming up in my mind. But now I, maybe that's, there's an accumulation of things I did to piss him off, including that, making the entire office aware. But that's banter. That's banter. But you can't walk in. So you can't walk in with that and think it's so, no. The rule is, if, if, if you want to cover it up, you wear a turtleneck, not a necklace, a turtleneck. I haven't got a turtleneck. Yeah, but then you'd have to buy one, innit? You'd have to go to the shops. Turtlenecks obviously have made a comeback in the last couple of years. Or you wear a scarf. You wear a necktie or a scarf. Like there's... I need to talk to you about something. Oh my God. Scarves give me the ick. That's fine. Oh, can I tell you something that gave me the ick? I went on a first date once, yeah. Mm. So obviously with one of my exes anyway, the mystery. Which one is it? And um, he was wearing not a normal scarf. A skinny scarf, this thin, skinny. And it was just, 
know what the ick was then. Yeah, like the ick didn't exist, but I definitely had the ick. And I was just like, oh my God, what? Scarves? I don't care if you're cold, but skinny, what the fuck's the skinny scarf going to do? He would wear it like this, like, you know, like, and flick it like that. (laughs) (laughs) I have the ick just from that. It was the worst. It was the worst. And then one night he lost it and I was like, thank God. (laughs) You know, I don't want to be like, this is not stereotypical, but it really, it really was quite camp and it really made me question his sexuality uh, it's i would say i would find it quite yeah i wouldn't find it very attractive yeah so i get it when you say scarves give you the it come there with you i feel it sister like, i'm feeling that <laughs> the other thing that gives me the ick as well i realized i realized on the tube because obviously you see people people blowing their nose gives me the ick but equally people who don't blow their nose and they're just like <laughs> that gives me the ick also just blow your nose but then that'll give me the egg. If I if I don't have a tissue, yeah, I do put it on my sleeve. Yeah, like just try, yeah, that's I try, fine. I try and do it on the sly, like you know, on the sly, like just be like, oh, I'm just touching my face. Do you ever like <laughs> if you're at home and you can't be asked to get a tissue, you just like. <laughs> No! Uh, oh my god! Imagine! No, 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 then, no! It's always my sli- my sleeves. Yeah, definitely. Be careful of me if you see me out. Don't shake my hand. Oh man! <laughs> no, crusty sleeve. <laughs> crusty sleeve. Little bogey. Little booger on the sleeve and that. Oh, like physical, like little round crust. No, I don't. No one has that. No, it's just. <laughs> I don't know. Never mind. Anyway. Right, yeah, anyway, back quite, to now. We know. We, now we know what gives you the ick. I'm very pleased. So if you are looking to not give Hardy the ick. You know what not to do. There you go. There you go. So we mentioned earlier that singer-songwriter Grace Davies will be on the podcast with us today. So let's find out what Grace is saying thank you next to. Welcome to the podcast, Grace. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for gracing us with your presence. Oh my God, I'm so cheesy. Fucking hell. That was so cheesy. (laughs) Oh shit, that was good. That was cheesy. You think that was good? Okay. (laughs) Has anyone else said that to you ever? Oh yeah. I feel like everyone uses those. It's like, oh, you're so graceful or like amazing grace. And like, I get them all the time. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, Raj, don't ever say it again. Okay, I I apologize. It just like, it just... (laughs) I, it wasn't even planned. It just like blurt, blurted out. But um, congratulations <laughs> on the release of Roots. We love the video. Thank you. We love the track. We we love you. Is that is it too soon to say we love you? But we do. No, I appreciate that. I mean, I didn't expect us to get this far in our relationship so quickly. But I mean, we're here now. So embrace it. <laughs> we move fast. What can we say? Um, but how did it feel getting it out there four years later and getting all that love, getting it in the charts? It was weird, you know, because like, four or five weeks before I put it out I had like this whole breakdown and I was like I'm so not excited about this song like I feel like there's so much expectation after four years the fans have been like begging for it and like it's probs just gonna flop and no one's gonna care and like everyone expects so much from it and I was just like dreading it and then the day of releasing I was like I actually don't give a shit what happens now like it's out whatever and then what happened after that was just like completely unexpected because I think I was just expecting the worst and I always do because I feel like you're surprised by nice things when they happen that's always nice but yeah I just really wasn't expecting that that reaction so it was really good after and nice to like look back at how I felt five weeks ago and be like you were stupid like it went really well did the success of it feel sweeter because you did it on your own independently or was it a bit bittersweet I think so because I think after especially after four years you've been on like a show and people move on they move on to the the contestants from the next year and then you don't release for two years of people drop away so I I really wasn't expecting anyone to care if I didn't have that big like TV or just label infrastructure around me so the fact that people were there waiting and like 
just I, I I've got to put that song out under my own terms and exactly the music video that I wanted the production like that I wanted everything was just exactly how I wanted it and people loved it so yeah that was like a big moment mm, and you're fully independent now yeah but just for everyone listening and for us because like what does that actually mean because like there's a publicist at the moment that we've been speaking to so how does that all work like are you paying for all of that yeah so it's it's all me so when I got let go from my label in August I was signed into my flat in London for like another six months and I was just thinking shit like I cannot afford this rent like if I'm gonna be independent and that was the thing I was like either I get a job and I just live somewhere else and like sack the music off or I just carry on and throw everything I have into it and that's what I did and I just thought right I've got to make it through the next six months somehow And then I've got to pack up my stuff and move back home into my parents' house and just throw all my money into music. And that's literally what I've done. Like I'm kind of choosing at the moment, like every week, do I need petrol or do I need a Facebook ad? I'm just surviving on every penny that I have so that I can put music out. But I mean, at the end of it, I can look back at the EP and be like, I did that. You know, I did it by myself. And that's really cool. That's really inspiring. I think that would be very inspiring for other people who are like chasing things to hear. You know, you go through waves. Yeah. Yeah you don't always feel great about stuff totally and I think my whole journey over the past like four years has definitely not been like a steady incline it's definitely been like massive highs and massive downs and like a rocky road but you just gotta keep going because you've got to be the driving force in front of it because like no one cares as much as you do you just gotta keep going Otherwise, it'll just, it'll fail. 100%. And can we talk about your time at Psycho? Yeah. Um, We've read your interviews where you've mentioned that they uh, never told you when your album was coming out. So what actually went down there? Were you prepping your album in that time? Yeah. So I, I was signed in for an album deal. So that was all I was kind of in for was just one album. No mentions of EPs or whether there would be an album after that. Blah, blah, blah. It was just one album. So when I first got signed... It was like, you know, take your time. We don't need to put anything out straight away. Like not saying take five years, but take your time. And I was just thinking, nah, man, like, I'm just going to write and we'll put something out by the end of this year. And actually by the end of 2018, I was like, hey, I've got an album here. Like, let's go. And they just kept saying no. And was like, you need, you need your first single. You need, you need to write a hit basically. And I was like, I feel like I've written everything under the sun. I had like 200 songs by the end of that year. And I was thinking, if there's nothing in here that you think is even first single worthy, then we're not on the same track as to where my music should be going. We're not on the same page. They basically held me back for like two years. And I think I just had such a strong vision for myself. You know, I went on X Factor singing my own stuff all the way through the show. So I was very much showcasing who I was as an artist. So to kind of get signed and then have a team kind of push you in a different direction to what I'd auditioned with and to what the public had been so receptive with was strange. So I think I I did myself a favor by like really pushing for what I wanted. It just meant that it took a really long time for, I guess, the label to come full circle into like, oh, yeah. That you know that makes sense. Actually, you should do the music that you kind of auditioned with and people and people liked. So um, it was summer 2019. Um, So I'd been signed for almost two years and they were like, okay, we'll put out an EP. And then, yeah, I managed to actually start recording, recording them. But it just took a while, you know. But then that's a that's a change in your deal as well. No, because if if it's an album deal, 
can they just change it to an EP or like what did that mean at the time? Uh, I mean, I've never really spoken about this before, but like my advance and stuff, everything was like when I get the money from the label, it was like when you start recording the album and then you get the last part of the advance when you release the album. And I was like, so if you make me do an EP, I'm never going to actually get any money to live off because I'll be constantly waiting for this album. If I do like five EPs, where am, where am I going to be like surviving off like 20 grand over five years? Like, what does that mean? Sort of thing. Yeah, that was confusing. And and also I released through a different label. So they basically said we're going to release through The Orchard, which was a slightly more indie label than Psycho, still part of Sony. But they're like, we'll put this first EP out through them, but still Psycho kind of backing it. And then once that's kind of bubbled up and done some bits, then we'll move you back to Psycho in a way. But obviously that's when, when Psycho shut down, so... <laughs> yeah so did you get paid in advance yeah yeah so okay. um <laughs> I was just like Whoa. yeah yeah no obviously like within my deal I got like someone signing and then I would have had to wait for the rest of it until I'd done the album but when Psycho kind of shut down they were like here you go you can you know it's not your fault there you are so that was nice and all, you know, all in all, I feel like I've talked really negatively about them, but like I had like definite ups and downs there. But the way that my first EP was released under them, I, I was really happy with it. Like the way that I released through that little label, I, I actually got a lot of creative control and I loved my team and just everything that we created before the label shut down. Like I'm really, really happy with. They were lovely to me. So like, I can't, I can't knock it. It was just like a very rocky road to get there. And it must have been, even though they were pushing back, good practice, I guess, in a way, if you're trying to be positive about the experience of writing so many songs. Yeah, I uh, I basically speed dated like so many writers and, and that was really good for me as a writer, like to, I actually write and produce for other people now as well, not just myself. And I feel like having been in that environment where you work with so many people under such a short space of time, like you do learn so much. And although it was stressful, because sometimes I was doing six sessions a week, so I'd be like working Monday to Saturday in studios thinking like and it's it's hard as well when you're writing just for yourself because you're in this like little grace davis box knowing that you've got to write about your own personal experiences and it's got to be your like style of music and there's only so many songs you can get out of those situations so that that was hard but it was definitely experience and i learned so much from that um so yeah mm, it sounds like you stuck to your guns while you were there and you were like no this is who i am and was that hard to do at the time because you're a newbie yeah. in the industry right and yeah. they we always hear this all the time with new artists like they they get molded into you know whatever that the label wants them to be and stuff how did you manage to push that back like it was hard because also you know like sony's a huge company and they know what they're doing they've had plenty of successes but for me i've been doing it full time since i was 16 i'm 24 now and i've like i've always had such a strong vision and i i think because of the route that i went through like i went through the tv show and that's what people engaged with that music that i was presenting i was like it worked so why change a thing that worked like if it ain't broke you know so um I think I just had to keep thinking that and I thought if if someone tries to change me and I release something that isn't me I will forever regret it and I didn't want to come out of that deal with regrets and I came out of that deal with an EP that I was so happy with so yeah just had to keep thinking that I love that. <laughs> um, what was it like moving back home it was shit like I'm not gonna lie mm. it was oh. it was like I, I love being here and I actually I've been here for 
11 months now and I, I love it. I don't even want to go back to London at this point. Like I'm so happy here. But at the time it felt like such a huge step back because I'd lived in London for four years and like I wrote roots about moving to London, this whole new like, oh my God, I'm doing music like full time every day. The opportunities are endless. So to then move back to my hometown that I wrote this song about, like, I don't want to be back there. Like my roots where I came from, they won't keep me warm, blah, blah, blah. To go back to that, it was like, I felt like I'd failed. Mm. But actually having seen how this, this year's planned out, like it's only been a good thing. And it's been really, really good for my mental health because in London, like I was almost 20 stone. I was like depressed. I was not happy. And coming back here, I've like shifted all that. Like I'm just thriving really. Yeah. Um, and I've like created a studio here where I can just be creative every day. And I'm like, actually, it seemed like a really crap thing at the time, but it's been so good for me mentally and career wise. So when I was looking at like your setup, because we see it in the videos and stuff, you like glimpses of it. Yeah. I was thinking that's so cool. And you can only do that if you've got a bit of space. So I moved to London too, to work in radio. And I feel like people always talk about, you know, when you see it on TV shows and things like that, things like, I don't know, it's a sin or like Amy Winehouse yeah. partying around Camden, having the greatest time um I, was like, yeah. people, I feel like people always talk about it like oh yeah it's such a great fucking time but actually it's not always like obviously it can be there are lots of exciting no. things here it's great food people friends but you can it is a bit lonely and you can get into a hole it's very lonely and I think especially when you're entering the creative industry like we are you become this tiny fish in a massive pond like if you want to be in the music industry if you want to be on radio if you want to be on tv you move to London but then you realize that everyone else is doing the same thing so it actually becomes very isolating even though you're in this bubble with so many people who are trying to do the same thing it's a competition and it's expensive and especially in this kind of job like for me as well I was put into studios with a lot of like middle-aged producers so it was impossible for me to make friends because I was like they're not going to want to go out to heaven on a Friday night yeah. with me they're just not yeah. <laughs> so I was like how do I make friends like I lived by myself it was just very lonely and I feel like you're right. You watch things like It's a Sin and you think, oh my God, that looks banging. Mm. But it's not always like yeah. that. So when you got home, you set up a home studio. Yeah. Did you know that you were going to do that immediately? Like, how did that come about? Did you decide like later down the line, this is where I'm going to do everything now? So during lockdown last year, because we weren't in studios, we were kind of like forced to produce for ourselves. We were writing songs over Zoom and then I didn't have a producer in the room with me to like record my own vocals and produce a track for me. So I just had to learn to do it myself. So Frances, who's one of my friends, she's a songwriter and producer. She like took me under her wing and was like, here's what you need to download. Here's all the software, get these speakers. And I was like, all right, cool. So when I move home, I'm just going to take over my brother's bedroom. <laughs> He's He lives in Australia. So I was like, you're out, you're gone. Um, I'm having okay. your room. <laughs> and I just like completely kitted it out. And I've been doing the same like, oh yeah, I just bought a guitar. I have absolutely no idea how to play the guitar, but I will teach myself. Um, and I feel like I've taught myself piano. I've taught myself production. Like I just want to keep going with it. And it's actually been really, really fun. So yeah, as soon as I came home, I was like, this is going to be my my New Year's resolution. I'm just going to be productive. And it's been good. Tell us about the video for Roots. Like, is that shot in your house? No. So that was actually my oh. my manager's mum's house who kindly let us. They were like <laughs> selling it and they were like, it's going to oh, get shit. repainted. It's going to get stripped out. So just like do whatever you need to do. 
So when we arrived, the film crew had like painted the whole the whole lounge like bright pink. <laughs> And they just like oh, wow. inked out of the house. It was, <laughs> we were like, okay, you really just did whatever you wanted to do with it. All right, fair enough. But yeah, that that was awesome because we obviously filmed like in the center of the house and then made like little sets in each room. And then the fireworks at the end were in the back garden. So that was like really good for indie budgets because we didn't have to pay for the house to like hire that out or anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like... Obviously, we've been talking about Psycho and everything. We know that you've been vocal and you've publicly supported Ray during her issue with Polydor. Yeah. What was it about that that you could relate to? So first of all, I have been the biggest fan of Ray since day dot, since her first single. I remember finding her and thinking, Jesus, like this young girl is younger than me and so, so talented as a songwriter and as a vocalist and just as a whole pop star thing. So... I've always been very much back in her. I don't know. I, I relate to her in the way that she, if she's emotional and she's going through something, she she does the stupid thing of tweeting about it up and on her Instagram story. And I do that all the time. Like when I was going through my label shit, I would just post a picture of me crying. I could never tell people why I was crying, but I did it. And she does stuff like that. And we know we're going to get in trouble for it, but we do it anyway. And when she tweeted all that stuff about a label, I was like, God, you are just saying everything that I wish I could have said. And it's so disheartening to see that singers that I idolise and think that are smashing it. This girl has 22 million monthly listeners on Spotify. She's going through the same shit that I went through, that she can't release her album. She's been there for years. They're holding her back. It was just like so eye-opening that you can see artists, again, that you think are just smashing it and, and they're really they're heartbroken and they're stuck in something that they want to get out of. I also didn't know how to kind of get behind her. I like I've been here. I've been through this without pissing people off because I don't want to piss anyone off. Like I had a really lovely exit from my my label and there's no hard feelings there at all. I wanted to like help in a way and be like, I was here. I've been through it. I support you. But I didn't know how. And then I felt like the time just sort of like passed and I, I'd like missed the boat. So I was like, OK. I just, I related to that whole situation and I still do. I went to see her on tour last month and like, I just, I love her and I think she's going to smash it as an independent and kind of seeing how people can smash it as independents, she'll be fine. And we both listened to your new EP, I Wonder If You Wonder, and I cried. Oh, bless you. Rad said she was triggered. <laughs> triggered is the word, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Properly, yeah. So there are a lot of <laughs> tracks about relationships on it. I've read that it's about going through the six stages of a relationship. Is that correct? Yeah. What are the six stages? I think it was like the six stages of, of my like cycle of a relationship. So okay. like... The, the EP starts with a track called Somebody, which is about like never having had a relationship. It's not that you don't want one. You're wondering if like something is is wrong with you if you're broken because nobody seems to want you. But you really, really want to love somebody. And then the second track, I met a boy online. You meet someone. The third track, Roots, you're very much in love. Testosterone, fourth track, you have been cheated on. Not great. Um, <laughs> Adultery is in. And then, yeah, fifth track used to you it's like I have to move on I don't want to I would love to go back to you because it's easier but I have to move on and then toothbrush is like the last track like he's gone he's he's out I have like I have to move on I have to get rid of your shit and then we start again and it's like a full cycle of a relationship so it's just my six stages but yeah 
Full cycle. There's a track on the EP, well, you mentioned it, called Testosterone. Yeah. And there's a lyric on it. Obviously, now I know what it's about, but it goes, you lie, you don't pick up your phone, and now you're blaming your testosterone like that's an excuse and you go cold. I just wanted to ask, is this real? Has someone actually said to you, yeah, I'll blame it on the testosterone, mate? Like- Do you know what it is? I think so many times you hear the excuse, boys will be boys. Mm. And... It's like you listen to that ordinary boys song, boys will be boys. And it's like, oh, isn't it fucking laddish to cheat on your bird in Ibiza? Hey. Nah, it's, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's, does that hit deep? Does that hit deep? No, no, no. I was just, I was, just, I was thinking, are you talking from experience? I was like, oh. <laughs> no, no, not from experience. But that, I think that's the the really nice thing about Testosterone is I, that's actually the only song I've ever released that I didn't write. Oh, wow. My One of my best friends, Lauren Aquilina, she wrote that song with Lost Boy, who I was telling you about. And um, she sent me it. And I was like, if you never release this song, I need it because I relate to it. I understand it. This is such a good lyric. You're blaming your testosterone. You're blaming it. Like your stupid actions on the fact that boys will be boys. I'm just a boy. What can I do? Ah, sorry. Oh my God, that makes me so mad. Yeah, exactly. It strikes some anger in you. And I think that's straight away. I was like, I need this song. Like I have to have it. And she was like, go for it, babe. Take it. It's definitely one of my favorite songs I've ever put out. And weirdly... <laughs> A lot of the fans have been like, testosterone's the best. And I'm like, cheers. That's the only one I didn't write. Thank you very much. (laughs) You know what? You can write um, a follow-up about estrogen. (laughs) There we go. There we go. You can have a production credit, writer's credit, whatever you want. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Oh, my God. And the EP's just come out. EP's out now. So it just feels like... I feel like I can relax now. Like these songs are out there. The fans are liking them. I've done my bit for this year and now I can have Christmas. So all is well. <laughs> there you go. Christmas to rest. Yeah. Thank you. Before we get into Grace's relationship lessons, we're going to get into something that she wants to say thank you next to. That's not necessarily a relationship lesson. So Grace, tell us, what do you want to say thank you next to this week? I don't know if you've seen this, but recently Hinge, the dating app, has included a voice note feature Mm -hmm. and it's very, very icky. I find dating apps quite hard anyway, but that is a a bridge too far. I want to know, like, do you enjoy like hearing people's voices, hearing what they sound like, hearing what they've got to say? Or is it just like, ew? Because I think it's a bit ew. What's the worst one you've come across? For example, when I was going through the other day, there was a boy. So obviously Hinge has these like prompts and it's like, what will shock people the most? And this guy put a voice note on and he was like, my voice is fucking deep. And I was like, but that was my reaction as well. I was like, oh, okay, no. (laughs) Exactly that. Oh, come on, guys. Is it though? Is it? Is it funny or is it like? Is that? It's like. Is that all you've got to give? No, but he's giving you another layer. He's giving you another. They're giving you another layer of. I think I like the idea of the voice thing because I think otherwise it's just very like superficial. Even though you have the prompts and you can have fun with the prompts, right? With how you write. Say you're not a great writer communication wise mm. then it gives them a chance to communicate with their yeah, mouth and you get to hear their voice him saying his voice is deep is nothing it's a breadcrumb 
Yeah. Yeah, but it's, I don't know. He's, I don't know. He's trying to, I think that was funny. Is there any other examples that are like, what is icky? What is an icky? Mm. You both found that icky though, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. There are other ones that yeah. I found. Uh, <laughs> something about, oh, I won't dominate you unless you want me to. I saw that today on TikTok. It was like someone's mum's on Hinge and then they were looking at the mature men using the voice note thing. And yeah, it was like, I won't dominate you unless you want me to. And I was just like, Ugh. <laughs> but that's it that's it and sometimes you might have looked at their photos and gone oh they look nice and then you hear something like that and you're like oh you just ruined it yeah. now <laughs> but then aren't you glad you saw it it's a red flag that you just spotted and yeah. you're just like oh my god piss off like whatever i've just i'm yet to see someone use them well do you have a voice note on yours no no <laughs> really no, I, even well even if i said something that was like fine i don't want someone to be like ew she like used a voice note i don't know i just have a thing about it that i'm like "Mm -mm." is that weird (laughs) i would be singing if i was you i would just be i would just be singing and stuff like you know but see then i would find that icky if someone started singing (laughs) on a voice note i'd be like no really yeah what if they're a good singer that cringes me out i, I, I don't would know. sing caught a vibe i would just do be like caught a vibe <laughs> baby are you baby, coming are for you the ride, ride? yeah, yeah. Just okay maybe i should change my hinge profile <laughs> <laughs> i want to know what your hinge profile is like now do you do you want me to read it to you yeah please yeah all right okay so <laughs> it's really bad so my first prompt is my best dad joke and then i've put my life um then the oh. next prompt is i i know the best spot in town for and i've put dog in so this is what i mean like i oh i don't God, okay you're one of those people you're one of those people who don't take the app seriously <laughs> and you're taking up space yeah wow. you're taking up space in the app the serious daters can't date if i saw that i'd be like this girl's kinky yo. no like, if i was a dude <laughs> see, and I'm i saw not. that no, but I would be like, you must get kinky, dirty messages in your Hinge Oh, yeah, messages. don't you? You must do. I, do you know what? I haven't yet. Really? I haven't. <laughs> I feel like maybe my pictures don't say that I'm very kinky. I don't know. But I, which I'm not, actually, I'm quite vanilla. But um, <laughs> but I don't know. I, You're right. I don't take it seriously. And that's because like I, I find it really cringe. <laughs> Yeah. I'm taking up the space. I know. You're taking, you're taking I find up the space. it really cringe. <laughs> I'm so sorry. What um what pictures do you have on there? Do you have an X Factor picture on there? No. See, that's what I mean. You should do it. Like I'm I'm not one of those people that would like like my name is G. It's not even Grace on there. Oh right, yeah. Because like, I would yeah. never I would never want someone to look at a picture and go, is that the girl from X Factor? Because I wouldn't want I don't know if this is like a really big like big headed way of saying it, but like I wouldn't want someone to swipe me based on the fact that I was on a TV show. Mm. There are people out there that would. Yeah. 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 One hundred percent. Have you got a middle name? Louisa. Do you want to just put Louisa? Yeah, you could go by Louisa. I could. Because G's a bit like uh really, really like are you a spy? Are you trying to be a spy or something? Yeah. But then it is a conversation starter. Mm. Yeah, true, true, true. What, what does G stand for? Gertrude. What other apps are you on then? I'm on Bumble okay. as well. How's that going? Which one's better for you? <laughs> Do you know what? I actually, I don't really use either of them. Like, I, I have them, but I don't really use them because I find, I, I just find it quite cringy. Um, but Bumble, I think there are fitter people on, but I hate having mm. to start the conversation first. That stresses me out. 
And then Tinder, you know what you're going to get with Tinder. Yeah. No one's ever looking for they a relationship a on Tinder. That's it. Like there we go. Yeah. Yes. My mate got married from Tinder. Oh. When? How many years ago In was that? Twenty. Though? I think it's 2018. <laughs> she got married. Yeah, yeah. It's a long time ago. <laughs> Is that outdated? Times have changed. I mean, there are definitely, definitely some success stories. I just know that I won't be Aww. one of them. <laughs> but you know. I'm like, I'm still hoping I will meet someone in a bar yeah, or just like on the same. street. Do you know oh what I mean? Oh my God, please. Like, just give me a meet Yeah, cute. the universe has a plan for me. I'm not like into crystals or anything, but like the universe um, has a plan for my love I've life. I've crystals in front Are of me. You? They're in front of me. Look, like, here's a crystal. There's one there. Fucking brilliant. When I did my music video, my director, we did a music video around London and my director was like, I'm just going to get my crystal out and do we go to this spot? And she was like, yes or no. And I'm like, that's fucking, I don't, I don't like do any of that shit, but it's fucking cool. It's interesting. Like fair, if you put that trust into a crystal. I mean, that's, it's good if you're indecisive. I've never done that though. And been like, oh, should we yeah. go here or there? That's like quite, <laughs> that's, that's good for yeah. indecisive people though. Cause I know a lot of indecisive, I might get that for indecisive people because. I'm quite indecisive. Yeah. <clears throat> Someone oh, yeah. might be Maybe getting you need a crystal then. I bought her one already. <laughs> She's getting one for Christmas. You're but, so funny, um, She hasn't got Love it. Love it. <laughs> I was going to say, when you're on Bumble and you're starting the conversations, what's your go-to conversation starter? Oh, it depends if they've said something on their profile. Yeah. And that's the thing about mine, because I'm not very, like, honest on my profile. I don't really <laughs> give people many conversation starters. But then I look for them in other people. Like, if they've never got any prompts, I'm like, well, what do you expect me to say? Like, hi, how are you? Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's normally something based off their profile yeah i try and be clever okay. or actually i i do really like asking people what their supermarket meal deal of mm. choice is because i feel like you can tell a lot like if someone wants a coronation chicken no. that's a nicky mm. sandwich that's a nicky sandwich i think like but like you know nice. do you oh i think like um do you know what i really like a christmas um sandwich mm. you know Love like the, christmas the stuff. stuffing mm. and the turkey and the cranberry yeah, very good yeah very very but good. it is seasonal so i'd have mm. to go for a chicken and bacon i think i feel like this is a good mm. you get a lot out of this because um i would want to know someone's veggie because i'm veggie so that is a good ah mind game there you go mind games yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you know like if they choose like an innocent smoothie you're like you definitely shop at waitress oh, i would yeah i would rate someone yeah. who has an innocent smoothie although they do have a lot of sugar don't they they've got a lot of shit in them haven't they yeah. they're not very innocent mm. they're like the opposite of what they no. or no. if they get those green machine things they're like worth three quid or four quid more than the meal deal so i'd think okay they're good with everybody. tapped in yeah there you go <laughs> It's a good conversation starter. I will let you have that one. Yeah, that's good. That That is good. I'm impressed. Very impressed. <laughs> All right, cool. Let's move on to your relationship lessons. Let's get into lesson one. So one taught me. If he wanted to, he would. Okay. Give us the deets. I feel like far too many times, I'm not going to generalize all women, but I feel like a lot of girls will stress about like, why is he not texting me? Why has he not done this? Why has he not done that? And I think if he wanted to, he would. And I've had to tell myself that so many times over the, the past, however many boys I've seen. Like if he wanted to, he would. If he wanted to message you, if he wanted to take you on a date, if he wanted to be there, he would. And the fact that he's not, it tells you something and you have to run with that. It hurts, but it's true. It's, it's quite a... It does hurt and it took me such a long time and I even struggle with it now. Like if I'm seeing someone... Like, for example, I was seeing someone recently who was so full on in the beginning, like, I want to make a proper go of this. So it was someone that I've been friends with, with for such a long time. And he was like, I don't want to be friends anymore. Like, I want to make a go of this. Let's go. Like, 
let's do dates, let's let's try. And I had to kind of go home and think, do you like this person? Do you actually want to try this? And I I forced myself past like the friendship barrier mm. into actually liking them. And then they just sort of stopped caring. And I was like, why is he not messaging me? Why does he not want to like come out? Like what, what? And then I just thought if he wanted to, he would. And I had to move on from it mm. that way. And I now use that all the time. Surely though, it wasn't that simple with that situation. You must've been pissed off for a bit. I would have been pissed off. How dare you? Oh no, I, I was. And well, exactly that. Exactly that. Cause you, I didn't have feelings before. Now I do. Mm. And I'm quite bad. Like I can't, I can't move on from things if I don't have closure. If no one's given me a reason as to why they're like ghosting or not replying or whatever, it really, really plays on my mind. And I will talk to my friends about it every single day until they're bored of hearing about it. But then I just have to keep saying that to myself. Like if they wanted to text you as much as you want to text them, they would, but they clearly don't. So you just have to accept that. Like there's sometimes you can't ask for a reason. You just got to get on with it. How did you come to that conclusion? Like, and what made you decide to be like, because it's quite a harsh thing to say to yourself, isn't it? Like what made you decide to just be like, okay, that's it. I'm just going to be, you know. What, how did that change happen from like talking about it every day? Like, why are they not texting me to being like, nah? Because I, I, I know that I deserve better and I know that I deserve someone to want me as much as I want them. So if I'm Damn stressed straight. about this, well, yeah, yeah. If, if I'm like sat there every day going, why aren't they doing this? Why aren't they feeling the same about me? I, I deserve them to like stress about me, but they're not. So it's not the right person. Mm. Actions speak louder than words, right? Precisely that. I'm going to start using that because I never, you know, like when people are like, if he wanted to, he would. No one's ever sat me down and explained it like that. Like that has actually, yeah. you got through to me today. Because really? I was always like, no, it's not. Yeah, because I'm always like, no, it's not that simple. It's not that it simple. Is. But actually, no, because I always think people are complex. I always say this to you. Yeah, people, like, people are, are more com- complex Yeah, than people that. are complex and they have their own shit going on. But I get it today. Yeah. I get it. Everyone will have a reason for everything, but there, there has to be a point where you stop. Like you have to let go because if you're not getting that same affection that you're giving them back, then it's it's not a two way street, is it? Yeah, man, I'm done. Yeah. Have you always had closure though? As well, the other thing I wanted to ask because you were talking about closure there. Have you ever been not left with it? One hundred percent. So in lockdown, I started seeing someone um over Facetime that I'd met on Bumble. And we actually like used to FaceTime for like five, six hours a night. And we got to this point where we're like, do you know what? Because I lived by myself. I was in like my own like bubble thing. And I was like, just move in with me. And it was so like quick. We'd only been speaking for like a few weeks. And I was like, just, you know, we're in lockdown. We can't like meet each other and then go home. So just come here and stay here. And he did for like a couple of months and then went home to see his mum and I just never heard anything and I like rang him and I was like hello nothing no answer texting him and I was like you know I'm a big girl you don't have to ghost me like if you not into this anymore just let me know and I I literally got left on two blue ticks and no response and that was one of the hardest things I ever had to get over because I was like I don't understand what happened like what changed can you just let me know so that I have some closure and I can move on and I never got anything from that and I still don't know to this day and it stresses me out that I had to just eventually get over it that is the strangest thing I've fucking heard so weird isn't it what's your theory I don't know I I honestly because I've been I've obviously been through this so many times in my mind I have no idea. My theory has got to be is if you can just drop absolutely everything that's going on. If if you were like to me, Hardy, come live with me in Lancashire and I came, what about my life? I clearly obviously don't have anything going on. And then I come and then he realises that he's not 
like living his life or whatever like because imagine if you just drop imagine if i told you to drop everything you're doing like music and everything come live with me for five months that's mad yeah unless he was working from home i don't know it was weird like he lived with his mum, and that was it mm. but like you know he only lived 20 minutes away oh, it was not, okay there was no oh, reason no. yeah this is so this, this is, is when i was in london yeah so like i had my own flat okay. and he was 20 minutes away and i'm like you know you you could easily weird very weird but i never found out anything it's a him issue anyways yeah yeah, yeah. How, did you stalk on socials and stuff or did you leave it were you just like he, he's not not on social media the only place me and my best friend could find him was linkedin oh what's linkedin saying uh, not an awful lot to be honest <laughs> I didn't really get anything, but it was more just like the way that I sent a really, really nice message. Like, you don't have to ghost me. Like, I'm a big girl. Just let me know and I'll I'll be fine. And he like read it and didn't reply. And I was like, that's just yeah. rude. That was the moment where I was like, I have to move on from that because that's actually that's messed up that's just rude it's rude and there's so many red flags and i just feel like even him not being on social media i actually think that's a little bit weird in this day and age yeah i don't know if we didn't if we didn't do what we did i wouldn't be on social media not at all you really? wouldn't even have just one like you might i know you you'd have like a nature account or You're something like, oh look at do you know what i mean like stop it nah. just stop it <laughs> I just feel like sometimes, you know, when people aren't on social media, it's because they're trying to hide something. That's just my theory um, in this day and age. Because I feel true. like everything, like our entertainment as well. A lot of our entertainment comes from socials yeah. as well now. So mm. I don't know. Have I you ever just been strange. out and played with the leaves? I'm joking. I'm taking the piss. That's a joke. Very <laughs> Ran your fingers <laughs> over a tree trunk. <laughs> oh, but I think sometimes people don't say Whoa. things because it's too hard to say things. You know, like communicating is actually really hard. And like, you know, getting through, like communicating a problem or like problem solving is actually quite difficult. It's not, it's not problem solving. It's not. I get if you don't want to hurt someone's feelings, but like sometimes that's harder than like. It's just a response. You, I, yeah. yeah. Just give someone yeah. a response. Like that's, it is, it's fucking it's rude it's yeah it's just not needed like yeah thank you next to that guy bye see you later see you later exactly Sally. that i'm just calling see him you Sally. Later. <laughs> i'm just calling him sally for no reason so grace what are you saying thank you next to <laughs> thank you next to worrying about why they're not texting you thank you next to ghosting thank you next to all of that just if he wanted to he would yeah so you're gonna get on to your second lesson so one taught me no one else cares as much as you do you're the driving force. Do it. When has this been a thing? I think definitely this year, like being independent, I am definitely running my whole team. And yes, like you're paying all of these people, but if you don't give them shit to work with, they're not going to do it. And like, also, this is my career. This is my name above the door. So if I don't care, why would anyone else? And I think especially when I left my label, I had to decide what I wanted to do with my life whether I wanted to carry on and I had not many people around me at that time I had my manager and that was it thankfully he does really care but he doesn't care about my career as much as I do like I've got to do this for the rest of my life hopefully so if I don't care then no one else will so I've got to be that that person that leads the pack and yeah just this drive it forward has there ever been somebody who you've leaned on who cares nearly as much as you do other than your manager probably my parents I think but I think that that's their job as a parent they they worry and they care and they want the best for you and my dad especially would like move heaven and earth for me to succeed and be happy and I'm very lucky but again you have to give 
them things to work with. Like he can't make me a pop star overnight just because he cares. I have to be good at what I do and I have to work hard and I have to do like graft. Mm. And I think that applies to, to everything in the same way, kind of like if he wanted to, he would. If that person doesn't care, it's never going to work. So if you're not doing everything possible, um, no one else is going to do it for you. I saw those reaction videos that you had with your parents to your um, songs when they're on the radio. Very sweet. Yeah. Very cute. Very cute. Oh, my dad cries. Like we're a family of criers. Me and my sister and my dad cry everything. And um, that is why I've done so much crying online. But to like have that little moment where we're like, this is my song on the radio, like proper national radio for the first time we definitely had a cry together in the kitchen it was very cute that's so cute yeah i was gonna say so obviously right now you're independent and you are running the ship the ship is yours it's got your name on it everything but yeah. would you go back to a label and like if that happened like if you if you went back to a label you know like how you're like no one else cares as much as you do then what do you do because then it's like you can't be as pushy i guess or can you no, you, you can't. You can't. Because the thing is, when you're independent, it's your money. You decide where it's going. And if shit goes wrong, then it lands on your head. You can make those decisions because it's your it's your back pocket. But when you're with a label, they're the ones that are investing in you. So if they disagree, they're the ones that are spending their money on you. You've got to kind of bow down to that. And I think that's what scares me about jumping into bed with a label again is that I've I've really thrived off just like having creative control this year. And although it's been really hard and I said this, like when, when Roots came out and it started doing well, like as soon as it entered the big top 40, I was like, we're going to stay here for a week, maybe two max. And we did for two weeks and then we dropped off and it was like, I can't keep it going because I can only go as far as I have. And and those limits are my fan base. Once the, the fan base has have bought that song once on iTunes, they can't buy it again. And I, I don't have the reactive budget to keep it going. I can't push it further because I don't have millions of pounds to put my face on a tube, like big banner in, in a tube station or on TV or get myself on Sunday brunch or whatever. I, I don't have that power, whereas labels do. And I think like that is definitely a benefit of, of getting back with a label is that you have more money, you have a bigger team that know what they're doing and have more contacts. And I don't have that, but I own my songs. I own my music and I know that everything I'm putting out is exactly what I want it to be. And that's really special. So it's definitely like weighing scales at the moment of pros and cons of what to do and where to go. I guess that can be relate. That could be relatable to anyone, like anyone who owns their business or anything like that. Yeah, totally. It's like, so my best friend, um, she does like nerdy computer stuff like MI5. I don't really know what she does, but (laughs) she's, she's cool and she's very clever. But in school, one of her teachers told her, you won't go to uni. Like she got really bad grades at A-level because she stopped trying. And her teacher was like, you won't go to uni. Like you will, you'll never get a degree. And she's just got a first from her uni because she took that. She took that person saying that to her and she was like, I have to apply myself because no one cares as much as me. And if I don't work hard for it, then no one's going to do it for me. And it's exactly that. It applies to so many different people of like, unless you put the work in, you're not going to achieve what you want to achieve because you have to drive it forward. It's so true. Life lessons with G. (laughs) No, 100%. Because like, I'm always like, oh, I need to do this. I need to do that. And I'm saying it like to myself and I'm kind of saying it to other people and I'm hoping that someone will hold me accountable. But really, I've got to hold myself accountable. (laughs) Yeah. And I need to just start doing shit. But 
Let's see what happens. Watch this space. <laughs> so, Grace, what are you saying thank you next to? Thank you next to expecting people to do your day work for you. You've got to, you've got to do it yourself. Succeed. <laughs> Get your hands dirty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we're getting on to your last lesson. So one taught me. It's okay to cut off your childhood besties, which sounds harsh, but... It sounds very harsh. Sometimes it's got to be done, right? So these people that... It's a necessity. Yeah, you can make friends with people when you're you're four, they can live on your street your whole life and like they can be there throughout everything. But sometimes when you grow up, you're like, actually, you're just not my type of person anymore or you're, you're not being there for me in the way that you should. And it's okay just because someone's been there your entire life doesn't mean that you have to stay friends as adults because people change and they go different ways in life and you can't expect someone that you know played with you in the street when you were four to still be your bestie when you're 25 or whatever Mm. um and I think it's Mm. people have like such a stigma of like just cutting people off and I I learned this when I was on on the show of like you really find out who is real and who has really got your back and um someone that was there throughout my whole life me and my friends just had to kind of sit down and go is this person making us happy are they there for us no they have to go then because otherwise it's just going to make us all miserable and I think that's okay like a lot of people don't do that because they've been there always but you just have to like you know yeah and going back to that time where you guys you and your friends so it was a collective it was a collective decision was it yeah it it was it was like without like going in too much like yeah this person had never really although we were best mates she never really like posted any pictures of me on her instagram or facebook like if we ever tagged her in a photo she would untag herself it was like she was embarrassed to be friends with me until i went on x factor and then suddenly i was plastered all over her instagram page and i was like that's quite eye-opening isn't it okay yeah. Yeah, like you you can be there for someone who's crying on your doorstep, but when you're in the exact same situation, they're not there and you just have to think, actually, this isn't working for me anymore and you have to go. Mm. But how did you navigate that? Because essentially it's like a breakup. So how did you even go about, did you have a conversation? Was it just like, okay, actually, I'm just going to distance myself? I, I definitely start, because I don't, I don't want to ever, ever be mean. I don't ever want to be mean. And I had to sort of distance myself. And then when that question was asked of like, like, you know, are you okay? Like what's going on? I just have to be like, look, here are my reasons. And like, I don't want to be horrible, but like, I'm just not into this anymore. And I think that that's okay. It's not being a horrible person. It's just looking out for yourself and your best interests and making sure that you're happy and the people that you've got around you, especially in like a job that I do and you guys do, like you have to make sure that the people around you, you trust and have got your back because there can be great highs, but there can also be great lows and you have to make sure that you've got people to fall back on when when those things happen. And um, if it's someone that's been there your whole life that just isn't there for you anymore, well, they gots to go. So you were honest and you had the conversation. Yeah, you have to be. But that's the thing, like I, I want to give other people closure. I don't ever want to be like, no, everything's fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Very... got to be honest. It's true. 
I feel like childhood besties is something that is romanticized so much, like everywhere yeah. we like, you know, everyone has a childhood bestie and oh, if you don't have your childhood bestie, then there might be something wrong with you or do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's a bit of a weird one for me because it's happening right now. Like I feel like everyone that I've grown up with, gone to high school with or whatever, like I'm having to like set that distance and we're having issues and stuff. And I'm just realizing actually we're not. Yeah, we are not cool with each other, but it's, it feels like yeah, I've lost a relationship, yeah. like a romantic relationship. Almost, it's a piece of you. It's people that have been there throughout your entire life. You've shared so many memories and so many experiences, and I think the people that you surround yourself with when you grow up are the people that shape the person you are now. But the person you are now is not the person that they kind of like fell in love with when you were younger. And people change, and that's that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's sad. It's really really sad. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, you're over it. So I mean, I could go over it. <laughs> You'll be all right. You make new relationships, don't you? And you work on the ones that you've got and that are working for you. It is true. It is true. It's just a, it's just weird. Like, because like everyone local to me now, I'm just like, yeah, don't really want it. Yeah, but it's fine. But then are they just your friends then because they live near you? No, definitely not. Well, I don't know, innit? Now, I don't know, because I'm looking at all those relationships now after things that have happened recently. And I'm just kind of like... Were they always like that, like one-sided, more ones? Because I feel like they were more one-sided then. Or I thought the relationship was something that they clearly didn't think it was and things like that. And it's just like, oh, what were we doing? And I guess, yeah, it's, it's that thing of like, I have had people be like, you can't just cut off a relationship that's this long because of this issue. And I'm like, mm, no, like, because this is a big issue. Like if someone isn't there for me during a yeah. bad time or if someone is, I don't know, trying to be outright mean to me and stuff, like I don't really... I don't really know what else I can do. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. And then we learned a term for it, which is legacy friends. Have you heard that before? No. Yeah, so Mel Schilling from Married at First Sight was on the podcast and she said that you have legacy friends. And that's basically people that you've grown up with, like what you were saying, played like on your street with or gone to high school with or school with. And like, they're just people that, yeah, like are there because of geographical location. That's really interesting. It is. Legacy friends. I'm going to use that. Yeah, it's a good term to knock about. So what are you saying thank you next to? I'm saying thank you next to legacy friends, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on the episode. No, that was so much fun. That was just like me chatting with my besties. I loved that. Uh, Aww, that's cute. that's very sweet. That's great. Before we let you go, one final final question. Um, So the EP is called I Wonder If You Wonder. Yes. But what do you wonder that they wonder? I wonder if they wonder about me wondering about them. Mm. You know? I wonder if you wonder about me too. That's very... uh... romantic notion i wonder if yeah but it all relates back to that like if he wanted to he would i wonder if you wonder about me too like uh, stop wondering if he wanted to he would (laughs) shit Shit, that hit me deep i'm still thinking about it i'm still processing it like i get it i finally today i get it guys if he wanted to he would I get it. Yeah. Thank the fucking Lord (laughs) Almighty. I get it. (laughs) (laughs) About fucking time. It's taken us about a year, but I get it, guys. (laughs) Got there. Got there in the end. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Grace. (laughs) That's all right, babes. Thank you for listening to this episode of Thank You Next. Make sure you share this episode with someone who needs to break up with their best friend. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, because they're toxic. Someone who 
is constantly wishing that someone would when they're not and it's like bro get with the picture it's it's not happening just move on why did that feel like a personal attack but, uh... i wasn't even thinking about you oh you were okay send this to someone who just loves getting hickeys oh my god i got a hickey <laughs> i don't mind them i'm not mad at them are you but you know it's like you have to sit there for half an hour just be like okay bite on my neck pretend you're a vampire go for it cool Carry yeah on. it is a weird procedure to sit there and experience and then be like oh yeah oh well actually unless you're like having a good time like we're talking about it like really scientific like when you're watching like artificial insemination or something but if you're having a good time you're just like mm. if you're into vampire erotica i'm sure you enjoy it i'm sure you're just like are you into vampire? i wish i was because clearly i must be missing out on something the neck is number one not like that not to bruise i just don't get it anyway whatever we'll see we'll see if when i start dating someone changes my mind <laughs> all right okay Okay. <laughs> that was, that was let's a, make it a little saucy yeah that was a bit saucy that email us or leave a voice note because we would love to hear your voice we are at hi funky next podcast at gmail.com you can also dm us on socials we are at thank you next pod on insta tiktok and twitter tell us about your experiences of love bites yes we're curious if you liked what you heard, make sure you hit subscribe or follow on Acast, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to give us a review so other people can find us. And here is your challenge. If you give us a review, add the word hickey in it. Mm, and Raj will give you a hickey. Oh, that's gross. It's Corona, babe. We really can't. What if they're a hottie? And Omarion's out here running after people. Oh, I need to go to that pretty Vicky tour. Have I told you about this? Yeah, you have. But, um, no, you know, because they're calling the new variant Omarion because like, no one can remember its name. But anyway, never mind. Oh, right. Uh, I feel like I might have saw that, but the joke didn't land. But now I understand. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. It's okay. We'll be back next week with more shit. We want to say thank you next to you. In the meantime. We love you and uh, stay safe. Wear your masks. It's fucking mandatory now. I was wearing it anyway. Okay. Was I talking to you? <laughs> what are your plants? And put your heating on. All right, cool. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Now.